you know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. going on oh not much not much sorry it took me a little while I worked out and then uh took a shower and I used um new shampoo have you ever you know like pros it's all over yeah all over <laughs> the social medias <laughs> um yeah I decided they had like a really good deal so I was like oh I want to try it so nice I tried my pros for the first time and it takes um a little bit longer because there was like a hair mask and like a whole situation, but my hair feels great so far. Nice. I just tr- um, got new stuff too. I oh, just, nice. I got hooked on Vegamore. Oh, <laughs> Have you okay. seen that one? No. Um, it's the hair growth one because my hair is kind of like fine. Sure. But you like drop the serum in your oh, scalp yeah, yeah. and massage it before you dry it. And I think it, I mean, it's clean, but it, like it looks pretty shiny and everything, but maybe it'll help it to like grow a little bit. That's and, sounds yeah. great. <clears throat> um, but anyway, um, if we have any new listeners, we just wanted to say hi. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm Emily. Welcome and to the podcast. Drunk or delirious? <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, just wanted to say thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time, and. Um, We've done a lot of other fun episodes. Um, we've had guests come on every other week. We've had Nick Nerd. We've had the Medventure app creators. Um, our Some of our friends, um, Alicia came on and talked about RV travel nursing. Emily's best friend, Val, came on and talked about um, like their adventures traveling together as BFFs. Um, we've had passports and preemies on. So yeah, check those out if you're interested. They were fun. Yeah, they're su- they're really fun episodes. Um, it's so much fun to get to talk to like our fellow nurses and hear everyone's stories, and we're loving loving every part of this. So thanks for um, tuning in. Yeah, and then on the other other every other Friday, just me and Em talk like this and um, pick a topic and just go off wherever wherever uh, the conversation takes us. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, we, we never really know. Um, we always have kind of an idea. We have more of an idea today on what we want to yeah, talk about. We do. We do. Um, some days it's just us um, randomly chatting about our lives. But um, yeah, we are both NICU nurses by background yeah. and um, travel nurses for a while. And gosh, we've lived all over. Um, yeah, you can listen to the Who Are We episode, and that kind of gives you a background on who we are, well, where we, who we are. are. <laughs> yeah, and uh, where we've lived. And yeah, we did two full episodes on questions that a lot of people ask us about getting started with travel nursing. So mm-hmm. if you're interested um, and you don't know where to start, I would definitely recommend checking those out. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you like them. Yeah. And if you do – Give us five stars. We're all of our episodes. If you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it on Spotify, at least 
well now yeah <clears> currently but most of our um episodes are on spotify and um some of them are on apple um but yeah give us five stars write a review that would help us out a lot yeah we'd love it yeah that'd be amazing um we it's a whole process to like upload things to Apple. So um, <laughs> we do it in, That's like, why we're behind. <laughs> in spurts um, when we have time. But yeah, um, rate, review, subscribe. It would really help us out. Yeah. Yeah. But today um, we wanted to talk about kind of a few different topics that are a little bit more serious. Usually we like to keep it pretty light. Um, but I think we just kind of wanted to acknowledge um, some of the stuff that's been going on and in the world and in the nursing world. So um, we wanted to talk about like nurse burnout, reasons for it. Um, yeah. And some of the sadder, sadder mm-hmm. events surrounding that. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, through the pandemic, it was really evident that nurse burnout was just like on a rampage, <laughs> you know, like everyone's leaving the profession. Um, and as the I mean, we're still in a pandemic, but I think as the world starts to normalize a little bit more, um, it's not as much on the forefront, I think. Um, But what we've been noticing and maybe felt a little bit for ourselves, but not, I can't speak to like anyone that's worked in like the ER or the ICU during this last time, but um, people have a lot of PTSD from everything that happened. And there's no real like support system within um, like the hospital systems or, I mean, you know, as a nursing community, we support each other, but like, other than that, like the hospitals don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Like we're just another body to them. And that's, that's what it feels like at least. Definitely. It's like they give us a pat on the back, the hero banners, the banging pots and pans for a little bit during COVID. Oh, you guys are mm-hmm. so selfless to keep going into work as if we had a choice. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, and that is so, it pisses me off. And like, I'm so, it's so nice to hear that people are grateful for us, like working and doing our jobs and it's, but it's like, literally it's our job. Like we, we have to go to work. Um, otherwise yeah. we don't get paid because we are in a full blown pandemic and you can't just go find a new job. <laughs> Right. Um, we were forced on it um, and forced to come in, you know, under really tough working conditions, like staffing conditions when a lot of people weren't there. Like when you're – even when you're sick, like at the end of it at least, they've been forcing people to come in when they're sick. Yeah. We don't care about COVID anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like COVID was the just the straw that broke the camel's back, honestly, because, you know – healthcare and nurses have been, it's been fucked up for a while. And I feel like nurses haven't been treated well for a long time, but for some reason, pre-pandemic, people were more okay with it. And then I think Mm -hmm. after COVID started, then we realized how much or how little actually the healthcare system cares about us. I mean, it was just very evident at that point. And I think mm-hmm. we all haven't forgotten that as healthcare workers. I think other some other people have, um, but we haven't seen much change. Um, no, literally zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
more people are leaving. Mm-hmm. People are flocking to traveling um, for good reason. Yeah, because at least you get um, paid good money to get shit on. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, the work that nurses do is hard and like we should get compensated for it. It's not free labor and we're not um, – we really aren't heroes. It's our – it's our job that we that we love, but mm-hmm. yeah. What's funny um, about compensation during the pandemic? Uh, I remember hearing like some hospitals across the country were like giving their pay- their nurses pay raises um, and like a bonus or whatever for you know um, giving them some kind of compensation for dealing um, with all of the conditions that we've been dealing with. Um, and then there's my hospital who cut our benefits. Sick. Um, <laughs> so you gotta laugh. Um, yeah, that it's wild. Was a real slap in the face. Like, yeah, you've been dealing with some really shitty conditions, some really, um, really tough cases. But um, yeah, you don't get to have your 401k anymore or you don't get like, I can't even remember what else they got rid of. I think like tuition reimbursement, they for, did they got mm-hmm. rid of matching on our 401ks. They got, they like, oh, they cut our yearly bonus. Yeah. Like they got, we used to get a bonus every year and they were like, mm, sorry, no, we can't. It's like, oh. That's insane. But and you then- gave your seat, they gave their upper yeah. up, higher ups raises. Right. And I love that that's all coming forward too, because I mean, the knowledge is important for us to have, but it's also um, another huge slap in the face to find out the truth um, about Mm -hmm. the millions, if not – well, probably just millions, but the millions of dollars that these CEOs are making um, while we're the ones killing ourselves, literally, Mm -hmm. whether we're taking our own lives or dying from COVID. Mm Mm-hmm more proof that we're not important in their eyes at all. No. It's really sad. <laughs> it's really sad. Um, I really just feel like we're another body and they're always going to say, oh, well, I can get another nurse or I can get a traveler. And like you specifically do not matter. Um, and that sucks. Extremely yeah, replaceable. Um, mm-hmm. And dispensable. Um, and that kind of brings me to like the whole Redonda Vaught trial um, because she was just thrown to the side by Vanderbilt um, because they wanted to save their own skins rather mm-hmm. than protect her, which is just another example. That could like, be us. Awful. Like, we have been told in nursing school, like through our entire careers, that if you make a mistake, you should speak up and you like there are other reasons why those mistakes happen. It's not just your simply your fault. Um, it's the um environment that you're in, it's you know, your staffing ratios, it's I can't even like, it's just all these things. And oh, and when you're giving meds, if someone's like coming up and trying to talk to you, if there's just not good systems in place, um, 
for supporting your nurses. Um, and then you speak up after a mistake and then you literally get put in jail. Cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure most of you guys who are listening know, um, know the story and kind of know what's been going on, but I just read up a little bit on it just before we started recording just so I knew what I was talking about. But Great. Thanks, Hannah. I did, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I did my homework. Um, but I didn't realize this all went on in actually 2017 oh, um, wow. when the patient was actually killed. Um, but basically what had happened was um, and I don't have the – I'm not sure what the details are about how many patients she had that day or what the staffing was like and all those different things, but I'm sure it wasn't great <laughs> just knowing how things have been. And um, in that part of the country too, like you don't have great staffing ratios or any labor laws that are going to support your nurses. Yeah. And sometimes it's like very – I've noticed from travel nursing that each unit has different cultures and – um like ways of doing things, I guess. And Mm -hmm. some places it's like very normal to just like override a med. So like if that becomes your norm and you see that every day, like you don't really think twice to like, I don't know, to, to not to do that. Yeah. Like waiting Um, till pharmacy has like approved it. Like if it's like you need it now, yeah, yeah, you override it. Like then you have someone verify or, you know, you go back, but yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so basically what had happened was she over did, did override to get, um, Versed out. Her patient was going to MRI and she over did the override, pulled open the drawer, saw the V, pulled the med and it ended up being Vecaronium and she like paralyzed her patient who was going to be discharged, um, mm-hmm. 75 years old. Um, I think her name was Charlene and, Um, Yeah, was brain dead by the time that they um, identified the mistake. And so I guess Redonda had come forward. She knew what – she figured it out. Like she – and I'm – I can't even imagine. I can't even. Yeah, the feeling of like that family um, hearing that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being the patient and probably being aware because Vec only paralyzes you. So like – there must be some sort of awareness mm-hmm. that I'm dying and I can't move and I can't yell for help. Terrifying. Abs- an absolute nightmare. Um, and I also can't imagine the gut-wrenching feeling that she must have had when she realized what she had yeah. done. That literally makes me sick to my stomach. I can't – like I literally – if I grab the wrong like breast milk syringe mm-hmm. before I even scan it and I look down, I'm like, oh, this is the wrong – baby and I like nothing's gotten to the child yet I'm still yeah. like feeling terrible oh and I yeah I've made I've made a medical error I've given the wrong dose before um and I mean Rodonda was not a new nurse I don't think but she I think she's 37 years old or something but um but yeah I, I know that um like 80 percent of new grads actually make a medical error Mm -hmm. in their first year. And sometimes it's, especially in the NICU, oh, you gave the wrong vitamin, like, you know. Not high, high, um, (laughs) high stakes. I was like, what word am I trying to think of? Some high stakes in the NICU, but um, yeah, typically. But sometimes. Yeah. It's back instead of her said. And um, I, I don't know. 
And that would be like, that's something too, where I'm wondering what kind of um, like Omnicell they have, because especially if you're pulling out a controlled substance, either one of those, it should be like it pops, like a pop pop. top. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's little like cubbies and it should pop the lid. So um, again, that that's going to fall back. I mean, that's a system error and something that they need to change um, system wide because that, I mean, yeah, that could happen to anyone. The bottles are so tiny. Like you're, maybe you like need the Versed like now because they're like calling you down an MRI because they don't have a lot of time to get this patient in and you need, you know, like there's, or you're like, oh, they're going to be discharged. Like got to get this done ASAP Mm -hmm. because everyone else is pressuring you too. It's not just, yeah, like the doctors are going to be on your ass. Like everyone's going to be on your ass to get that patient out. Right. And I feel like you hit the nail on the head. It's like, it's a system, it's a system error. Like, yes, she made a mistake, but there were more factors than her just pulling the wrong vial that allowed the mistake to happen. Right. Because she didn't, I mean, you, I'm asking you like you're an expert on this right now. Like, did she scan it? Like, I don't, or uh, she just... I, I thought I read something like she went to scan it after she gave it, which mm. again, that's obviously not right. It's not right, um, but it's also not um fully uncommon. Uncommon, especially if you are like you don't know if you're gonna need that medication. Like when you go down to MRI, like even in the NICU, we pull out um right. they, they give us orders for like a one-time dose of Versed or um out of or something, and we take that down with us. And it's not like we have access to a scanner. Right. So like yep. my my med error was also an MRI. Mm-hmm. So um, that's another system thing. Like, okay, how can we um, fix that. And I mean, that's where this is just me like thinking out loud, but like, okay, then you got to do like your six rights and you got to like verify it with someone and all things. But like, again, you don't, we don't know what the scenario was right at all. Like what the situation down there was and that just like, especially it being 2017, like that was five years ago now. So, and now she's standing, it's just crazy. Um, I guess she was arrested and it said 2019, but I don't know oh why the God. trial is just happening now. But her sentencing, I guess, is May 13th. Like they're going to figure out like how many years and stuff. But it's, I think, three to six years or something. It's literally so awful. It's horrible, horrible. Um, but we stand with Redonda. Um, Absolutely. Um, I think she should be held accountable for her actions, maybe license revoked because she – was the cause of a death, but I think prison for an unintentional like uh, act is it's it's her, not her like effect. yeah, like it's just like horrifying. Like it's not like she's a like a freaking angel of death going in there like trying right. <laughs> like right. one of these crazy nurses, but yeah. like she's an honest like, nurse like that like made a mistake. Person. Yeah. Uh, and owned up to it. She was honest. Yeah. Which that takes some fucking balls. Yes. It does. Absolutely. My God. It absolutely does. That like is. Yeah. I can't even believe. believe Again, there's a whole 
so many things going on in my head, but I'm just like, yeah, I, uh, hospitals don't support nurses. <laughs> and I shouldn't say hospitals, uh, the healthcare system, because it, yeah. across the board, it, I think it, no matter what kind of nurse you are. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's mm-hmm. bad. We're in a bad spot. Um, Super upsetting also to hear about two nurses committing suicide mid-shift. It's like heart-wrenching. I can't – I mean, and I'm grateful that I can't wrap my mind around that. You know, I've never been in that dark of a place. But for it to be that bad too, like in the middle of a shift, like we barely want to – not go to work when we're like feeling a little sick. Like we like are so dedicated to our patients and like everything mm-hmm. and our coworkers. And like, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to call out. I don't want to like let anyone down, but like for it to, you to feel so like hopeless. hopeless yeah. And, then, ugh. and yeah, it doesn't really have anything to do with your shift, but I'm just thinking like, we don't want to leave. Like no one ever wants to like leave in the middle of their shift. Um, that's what right. I'm trying to say. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what was going on personally for them, but I'm I'm sure that um, being a nurse had something to do with mm-hmm. it. Um, and I can't remember. The first, the first guy was. They're both in California, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to me. They're both in the Bay Area. Um, one of them was a travel yeah. nurse, and I'm not sure if the most recent woman was staff or not. Yeah. Um, the first person was Michael O'Dell. Um, and I think – I mean, he was around our age, I think. He was a traveler. Yeah. And he – yeah, he left. He drove his car in the middle of his shift and just left. And that was it. Um, and then this most recent one, the the name of the nurse has not been like revealed yet. But I I don't even know if it was a um, a girl or a guy. But they um, literally brought a gun to work and shut themselves in the supply room in front Oof. of a coworker. It's really heavy. <clears throat> terrifying on so many levels too like that I just Mm. it's so scary and sad and awful um it's it's interesting or like not interesting but I like am familiar with those areas too that this happened so um for him I think he was at Stanford I think so yeah and then he drove like all the way to East Bay, which is like, it's like a hike. Like you have to cross like a big bridge and like go through the whole city. Like it's, it's far. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's at least probably like, I guess maybe if it was at 4 a.m. it's not going to be as long, but that's probably like 30 to 45 minutes. Which yeah. so haunting to think like, mm-hmm. well, I'm sure the nurses that worked with him oh my during that shift, like they're like wondering, like racking their brains about every conversation they've had mm-hmm. with him. And like, if, you know, they had 
something to do with it. Like if they could have prevented it, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, like if I had maybe been nicer, not that they were, I don't know if he was bullied. I have no idea, but right. of course, like that's really, really haunting for everybody. Especially mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to go get something from my car and then they, and they don't come back. And then you yeah, you're like, learn what happened. It's like horrible, horrible. Awful. Um, but <laughs> it's um, – I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that nurses have killed themselves in the past. Uh, not to normalize this at all. I'm just – I just do think that like this leaving mid-shift thing – this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Yeah, it says something. Like there's I agree. a reason for this. Right. Um, and yeah, I. it's bad. And we, and I think us as nurses, we put all our patients and literally like everyone in our life before us before like we take care of ourselves and our mental health absolutely is like on the furthest burner like in two houses away like you're not even thinking about yourself um and and even if you want to call out and like take a mental health day from work like that is something that we should absolutely be able to do, but I feel like people don't want to do that because they are like, oh, well, I'm not sick. And then, you know, some hospitals like ask you, which you're not supposed to, why are you not coming in? It's just like, they yeah. don't support. I don't know what I'm saying. I just don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> Truthfully. Yeah. No, we're not. Yeah, we're not. Um, it's like our lives don't matter and it takes events like this um, for people to start taking it seriously, but I still feel like there hasn't been action. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there needs to be more resources for nurses and other healthcare professionals who have been dealing with so much trauma um, mm-hmm. from COVID and also just the nature of our jobs in general. Um Right. Like this should already be something that is like standardized across the board. Yeah. We deal with heavy shit no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then it's just been exponentially amplified by this pandemic. And there wasn't any sort of, um, not successful, uh, why can't I think of words? Like, oh my God. (laughs) Sleep deprivation. Um, really, there's a word on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. I, it's not. It's not um, coming to me. Um, any, I'm like successful program. It's not successful. Is not the word I'm trying to think of. But any sort of program that was like actually helpful in place before any of this happened, right? Because they have like what you have like the EAP, like the employee assistance programs, and. <clears throat> Things like that, but that's literally it. And the employee assistance yeah. program gets you, depending on where you are, um, like six to ten sessions with a counselor, and then you like have to start paying for it, mm-hmm. um, or you don't get it at all. Like I don't think I have that with my current job. And our healthcare benefits are like shitty too. Literally general. trash. Like, and we're like nurses; it doesn't make any sense. So we have to like 
you know, I changed insurance at like this last year and I have a psychiatrist and I see her every like three months. And if I don't have insurance or like it, it, like the price upped for one month or like, I don't know, it was a freaking mess. Like it's just expensive. And then like, I would love to, you know, talk to a therapist more often and do things like that. But again, it's really expensive. It is. Yeah. And on top of like everything else that we have to pay for because our insurance sucks. So like, like just like normal medical, like not mental health bills are expensive as well. It's just, we are absolutely not supported. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody like recently yesterday, maybe, or the day before. And they were telling me about like one of their friends who worked in the NICU and the baby died and on their shift, their patient, and then uh, like brought it to the morgue and then they get back up to the unit and then, you know, they're like, okay, so you're good, right? Like, and and the nurse was like, no, like I'm absolutely not good. I'm not okay at all. No. And like they were – they like ended up being like, well, you can take the rest of the night, but you have to come back tomorrow. And then that nurse like ended up quitting. Um, yeah, that's, that's happened, just like – I've heard that happen. Daily. Yeah. That happened in my old unit and like they had a rough like, – like several nurses had an awful, awful night and mm-hmm. baby died. It was really traumatic for them. And they had to like finish out their weekend because it was their weekend. So like there was – they were already short-staffed and like no one wanted to come in. So they had to come in for the rest of the weekend and I think they had to finish out the shift as well. And it's just like, No. Like, this is awful. It's fucked up. I think it's like a toxic um, – um, I think the whole healthcare heroes thing has become a, like a very, very, very toxic mindset mm-hmm. um, because it, it tells people that um, – We're heroes. We're superhuman. Yeah. We're superhuman. That – one, we don't make mistakes, which is not true. We all do. We are just people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we can just bounce back after experiencing trauma. And with no support afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah, like you – they think there's no resiliency programs. Like, not no, but there are very few resiliency programs that are actually um, – this is again, I'm trying to think of effective. That's what I was trying to think of <laughs> the word effective. I, I got there. Um, that are actually effective, that are helping nurses and, you know, retaining them and, you know, making sure that we're doing, we're doing okay mentally, physically, emotionally. Right. That it's like non-existent. Yeah. If you really care about us and you want us to stay, yeah, you need to check in on our mental health. Um, we need better benefits. We need better pay because the work that we do is hard and we deserve we deserve to be compensated for it. And I think Absolutely. when I was 22 and I thought, I'm just going to save babies and I do it out of the kindness of my heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> gone. That ship has sailed. It sure has. It's it not sure worth has. it. I love them. I, lo- I love, we them. love our babies. We do, but like – We are not nannies. No. And it's rough. Yeah. What we see it 
and and it slowly chips away at you like it really does um and then you can have one big traumatic event where your patient dies and it all comes to a head and it's just it's awful you it, i will never forget like each and every one of my patients that has passed away is like ingrained in my memory forever yeah. um like i and just hearing parents the scream of like parents when they realize that their child has died. Um, Most horrendous thing. It's awful. <laughs> it's like, like I, that just brought tears to my eyes because I'm remembering like a very specific, specific time. And that is, it's just, it sits with me and it's horrifying. Like I will never forget that sound. And we hear about just stuff every carry day. On. Yep. Just yeah. gotta go back to work. You just like triggered a memory for me too. I remember the first place I worked, like it was pods and there was a mom down the hall where she was losing her baby and she was screaming. And I remember we just like closed the pod doors and just like kept going on. And it's just like, you know that like a few rooms down the hall, like someone is going through the worst moment of their entire life Mm -hmm. and and then your you know other parents hear that too and like that i mean oh god being a nicu parent is again one of like the most traumatizing things i'm sure as well (laughs) um i can't even begin to imagine um but worse because we're so desensitized to it it's normal everything that happens is normal and it's absolutely not. Job. Yeah. It's absolutely not. And that and this can translate to every unit in the hospital. Like I'm sure we they see yeah. we see people at their worst. And we're supposed to always be at our best. Yeah. Expect they expect this perfection. Mm-hmm. And we can't give that to them, especially with yeah, the working conditions and the unsafe um ratios and over, uh, mandatory overtime and mm-hmm. all all this crap. Um, it yeah, it's been it's been eye opening. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of nurses in my life, especially um, ones that are around like our age who have about five, six, seven years of experience, like I think we're all kind of thinking like. Do, is this really what we want to do? I mean, I know that like you've talked about this already on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of people who are questioning, is this all worth yeah. it? Because, you I know, sure <laughs> my mental health is really important mm-hmm. and and I'm not some sort of like sacrificial lamb. Right. You know? I don't – I like it boggles my mind how people – have given 30, 40 years to this career, to this field. I don't understand yeah. how, and I mean, granted, okay. So yeah, they've been working as a nurse for 30 or 40 years. They're born in a different generation than we were that doesn't talk about their feelings. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, we have no idea how they're doing like or handling anything mentally, but um 
they just keep trucking along because that's why so many of them are so calloused because they mm-hmm. they didn't have a choice. It's either like you grow a thick skin or you move on, and that's been the mindset. I remember like people saying stuff like that to me. You know, like mm-hmm. when you first become a nurse, it's this expectation you have to grow a thick skin if you want to work here. You know, and it's like I get it because like we see hard stuff, but. I think that mindset needs to go. Yeah. Like you, I feel like the only support that we get is from our like like-minded peers. Like the only times that yeah. I like am able to feel better about the shit that goes on at work is when I'm able to just like vent with my coworkers that understand. And there's no other outlet for that. But then, or like, that turns into, you know, whenever you do hang out with your nurse friends, all you do is talk about work and talk about how shitty it is and talk about how stressed you are. So it's like you, it's this cycle 100%. of like, that's, that's not healthy either. Like, it's, it's good so to negative. talk about it, but like, right. Like we, and we always say too, when like we're together or like in our, you know, we have Dan and Eric around, all we do is like, we try not to do work talk all the time because it's yeah. just like, so much ridiculous shit happens. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Endless. they don't—they don't, they don't go I mean, on and on. They'll—he'll listen. Like you know, obviously I tell Dan stuff, but like he doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. No, and you don't really get it unless you experience it. Mm-hmm. Compounded with the like shifts that we have to work, like oh me literally just like the shift time, like night shift and or even i mean day shift that's a it's day shift feels so long to me it's so grueling it's yeah yeah and the nights just like wreaks havoc on your body and your mental health and your sleep and literally all of the things um and we chronically don't take care of ourselves um underfed underfed (laughs) yeah um Underfed or fueled by like processed foods and like that is gonna (laughs) it's just a whole vicious cycle. Um I could talk about this for literally hours. But yeah. But then yeah, it's like, okay, we are in such a like a niche profession. Like we have a degree in nursing. (laughs) Like it's not like we can just like go do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like we can't just go work in marketing or like work in I don't, literally what else is I'm like, what else is there? There's a ton of other things, but like, you know, business <laughs> know. and shit. Businesses. I don't know how that works. <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. Um, like we can't do anything else. No. Unless we like take the time and go back to school or you're a super creative person and can just like be like a business owner and like crafty as fuck. I don't know. Yeah. So those things. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. And then like, I feel forced into this box too of like, well, if I want to make money doing this, that I have my degree in, like, I feel like I have to be a travel nurse or you have to go back to school. And and like, we've Mm -hmm. talked about this before, but like, I don't have interest in going back to school for something nursing related. Like I just don't see myself as a nurse practitioner or anything like that. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want more responsibility. That sounds like horrific to me personally. Um, But thank you to all the nurse practitioners out there. We love you. Yeah, Um, you're great. I could never do it. That's just not for us. Um, 
but yeah, I feel forced into like being a travel nurse, but then it's like, and I love it for now, but I, I don't know. Like then I'm like, well, what? It's kind of makes you feel lost, like yeah. forever. It's great. Don't get us wrong. It's a it's a great thing to do, and we highly recommend it for everyone. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, that comes to a point where you want stability, and that stability comes with a sacrifice in your compensation. Like you, there's no way of getting around that. Yeah. Wow. It's. I feel like we covered a lot. I know. We Do we really... dare talk about the A word? <laughs> oh, I was like, <laughs> God, my again, I am not drunk. I am delirious. He is delirious. <laughs> I worked last night um, and Poor didn't girl. really sleep great, um, which is like, I have five more shifts, though. Oh, five my God, more I was shifts. Ask you, yeah. I'm so excited. That's amazing. So excited. I literally count it every day. I look like I'm huge. Look how big my arms look. Oh, I know. I was just like raising my arms too. And I was like, oh, I don't like like that. (laughs) So scary. You don't. But like, that's how I feel right now too. Okay. Um, Yeah. We, (laughs) yeah, we even (laughs) talked about it. I mean, my piss some people off but um, i know i lost some followers on my personal instagram i also don't need those followers no no i'm good i'm good um yeah so emily and i are (laughs) pro-choice fully (laughs) pro-choice and Um, we come at that both from a personal but also from like like a medical background you know like we're not yeah, we yeah. understand what it means to not be able to have an abortion or have rights to your own body as a woman, as a human being, and to be forced into something that literally can kill you and does kill people every single day. Yeah. And I don't think – like I think sometimes um, on the far right side or the um, very – Catholic or Christian side, I think a lot of the time the narrative that is created about the left or like people who are pro-choice, um, which I don't really like to even associate it with politics because it's just kind of yeah. – but it is. But I it's wish it wasn't. stupid. Yeah. I don't really um, get that. But I think the narrative that is like created is that we love killing babies or like – it's like, oh yeah, oh yes, I love abortion. Like, who the fuck loves abortion? Nobody. No, no one got like. I think they think of it as like, oh, it's just their free reign birth to like, control. like it's your birth control. Like, you can have sex and have no consequences, and you can just get an abortion whenever you want. And like, uh, I don't agree with that. Um, and I there, I, think- I mean, there's a like a minuscule population that that. Right is what happens. Right. Um, majority of females, that is my worst nightmare. But I deserve the right to be able to choose that for myself. Yeah. I Yeah. I think like just because – so like if I were to get pregnant now or – I mean I'm 
I'm like an, a grown ass woman now, but I still think of myself as like 22. But okay, like let's say I was like, let's say I was 19 and I got pregnant. Even at that time, like I am very, I come from a very privileged viewpoint where mm-hmm. I could have had the baby, I could have been just fine, and I would have had support. Um, I think so many women out there are not as, not even close to as privileged as either of us. And would be in a totally different situation. Mm-hmm. And that's not for me to judge someone else's situation just because I can handle it and I would never. like. Um, yeah, you have no idea what anyone else is going through or – I mean, regardless of like the health complications that can happen from pregnancy, like if you get pregnant and you're in a situation where – you're not doing well, you are not able to provide for that child, like a whole slew of other things that can happen. Like, and if you just should be able to not bring that child into the world, like into a a shitty situation. I don't know. Right. That's your choice as a, as a, as a mother. Yeah. And I think it's really easy for people to say like adoption is a great option, which Absolutely. And I think that takes balls <laughs> to, to, I, do, to go through with that and give it. up your baby. All of it. Yeah. I mean, it's um, – but I think it's really easy for a lot of like – why is it always men who who have that opinion? Because um, the baby's not coming out of them. Uh, it's literally always men. Like that. why yeah. are they making these decisions? You have no idea what it feels like. I mean – oh my gosh, growing up and like starting to have sex and being literally terrified after every time, even if I'm completely safe that I'm going to get pregnant and like not knowing what to do. And just we, (laughs) that happens to us yeah, and not to them. Like it's our bodies that have to grow this life. And like, it's just mind boggling to me. It is. That they should be able to even speak about it. Yeah. And yeah, I think, yeah, there's so many situations where like it's you or the baby or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. Like where is it in Texas? It's like even an ectopic pregnancy you can't abort. so fucked up. It literally kills you. Yeah. (laughs) The death sentence. It is. Like that – that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah. Or me being forced to have a baby that's not compatible with life and watch it suffer in the NICU yeah. on a ventilator until it breathes its last breath. Like you're going to, it's tor- torture. You've incurred, I mean, a lifetime of trauma and medical bills. Yep. Like you are in medical debt for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I'm like most of the time in these scenarios when that happens, it is absolutely devastating to the parents. Like that's their, everybody's, that's their worst nightmare. And when they make that decision to end the pregnancy for the safety of the mother and for um, the best outcome for the Mm -hmm. child's soul, you know, like that's not, it's not taken lightly. It's not just like willy nilly. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, um, it's very, it's devastating. 
it's absolutely devastating, but sometimes it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I saw this post, um, like this morning and it says, if it was about babies, we'd have excellent and free universal maternal care. You wouldn't be charged a cent to give birth, no matter how complicated your delivery was. If it was about babies, we'd have months and months of parental leave for everyone. If it was about babies, we'd have free lactation consultants, diapers, formula, um, free and excellent childcare um, from newborns on, um, universal preschool and pre-K, all these things. I would say... It's if it was about babies and if it was about men, <laughs> all of those things would be had. But like the, I don't know. It's just because it's women. Like I don't know how to formulate my thought there. But it was just interesting. I was like, yeah, I, I agree. Know. It's so true. And I think another point that I think about a lot is like. If you put the um, the medically necessary abortions in one category, and you and you put the just like the choice of do I want to be pregnant or not in another category, I think like looking at that, yeah, definitely like there should be um, how do we like there should be we should be looking at how do we prevent um, those abortions from happening in the first place. How mm-hmm. do we prevent unwanted pregnancy? Well, mm-hmm. um, sex education. Um, I didn't get sex ed. I went to a Catholic school and I didn't get that. Um, I don't know even, I don't even know how I learned, but everybody, every child should learn from me starting at a young age, I believe, um, you know, what's mm-hmm. appropriate age wise, but, um, yeah, I think such a sex education is extremely important in like unplanned pregnancies and um, access to birth control and Planned Parenthood and all these these resources. Right. Um, so that they want to take away our right to birth control to prevent these abortions from having to happen in the first place. They want to take away our right to have an abortion, and then who's going to take care of all these children? Who's going to pay for that? Like, it, like these, it just like blows my mind. Like, like there's going to be people that have children who are not, and not able to support them. And yeah. those kiddos are not going to be like, that is awful. It's like setting they, themselves up or setting the kids up for failure. Yeah. And, like, and they're going to the be. the cycle repeats itself. Put in you know, they could potentially be put into the system and like, it's just like this. And then I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't know. It is awful. I feel like I'm not saying cohesive thoughts because I don't even know, like, no, I feel like how to articulate how I feel about it. Yeah. Oh, I also just want to like acknowledge too, that this is going to, um, affect um, people of color and mm-hmm. um, people um, now I can't think of the word I'm trying to say like um, just like less less like privileged less marginalized communities yeah marginalized yeah. communities thank you yeah way more than mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. but it takes people like 
who are white, who are privileged, who are mm-hmm. educated, like all of those different things to speak up because what else are they going to take away next? Right. And unfortunately we're. And men and men yeah. need to speak up too. Sorry. Yes. Well, they're the ones that are going to get heard, which exactly. is fucking stupid. <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely a thousand percent right. Um, it's terrible. Scary times. It's very scary, scary times. Scary, scary. I thought this would be past us. And another, oh, I was going to say, like, yeah, us as, like, white privileged or just, like, you know, like a more privileged population. We, if you're living in a state that you're not allowed to get an abortion, like, you probably have the means to travel to another state and do that. Mm -hmm. But, like, a lot of people aren't going to be able to do that. Right. Like, people need... I don't know. They don't have. They're not going to have transportation to get there. They're not going to have money. They're not going to be able to have access to another state where they can have an abortion. Yeah, safely, and then they'll turn to coat hangers. Yep. Or whatever unsafe practices, and that will result in death and infections, mm-hmm. and and yeah, yeah, more hospitalizations and just, just yeah, all it's like a. It's a snowball effect and I don't I do not understand how they don't see that and how they feel like they can make this decision about our entire female population in the country. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg mm-hmm. is like rolling in her grave right now. Oh my god, she's she was losing her ever-loving mind it's awful but all i can say is um vote in your primary um Mm -hmm. i know pennsylvania's is may 17th i just applied for my like mail-in ballot because i won't be here but yeah make sure you get out there and vote i mean it's literally like one of the only things you can do Mm -hmm. so yep vote (laughs) and now we will get off our um soapbox Soapbox. <laughs> wow, this was a dark episode. Yeah. Oh God, sorry guys. Um. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Um. I don't know. Hopefully, people agree with us or enjoyed our conversation. I, I think it's just important to talk about some serious mm-hmm. stuff too. Like, I don't want people. I mean. Not that anybody said anything, but I don't want people to think that we just live in this fantasy world that's all like fun and whatever. It's like, no, I mean, we definitely have like serious conversations too and and take this stuff really seriously. Um, So yeah. I think that was a good conversation. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, next week we'll have – Probably Eric. Oh, Eric, yeah. We can record. We're around. We can record whenever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have him on. Cool. Um, Next week, we'll have Eric on to help us talk about nursing finances or just finances in general. Mm -hmm. Um, What is happening? I'm like Um, not getting a notification. Sorry if you you can hear my (laughs) phone going off, but I'm literally not. There's nothing on my screen. That's weird. There we go. It came through. (laughs) 
Oh, um, um, we got some good questions for Eric though, so I'm excited, and I let him know what they are. So he'll he'll answer all those questions that you guys asked. And if you're listening to this um, tomorrow or before um, we end up recording, just feel free to message us, and we'll yeah. answer whatever. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd yeah. love to. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, talk we, to you next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.